siblings. And we're back. Betsy <laughs> the heifer, queen of all the cows, makes more milk loose than all the cows around. In the morning, ships. it's pasteurized. In the evening, the it's homogenized. Betsy the heifer, queen the of all the cows. Take my dreams, put them down to track. Two track audio with Nick and Charles. All right, we're back with another episode of Two Track Audio. All warmed up and ready to go. The podcast you love to hate. We haven't even been drinking. <laughs> I have no. I maybe I coffee. Haven't. I've been drinking coffee. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. How are you, Nick? How are things? Good. You know, as I uh, just drinking some coffee uh, at uh, six twenty three p.m. Maybe a little bit late for coffee. Huge on my mistake. End, a huge. Mistake. We'll just see how it goes. Maybe so some would say. Maybe I'll chase it with ibuprofen p.m. Who knows? Ooh, baby, man. You are having a wild night. That's, that's what we call it, burning the weekend at both ends. Oh, my gosh. I, I won't actually do that. I mean, I've often uh, uh, soliloquied about uh, combining the two, but I, I won't ever, I don't think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so, oh, okay. Uh, we're back talking. Uh, this is an episode that we're recording. <laughs> Uh, this is Nick and Charles. Uh, as you can tell, and as we've been discussing, I'm having too much coffee, and I don't know what's going on to Charles in because he's <laughs> a thousand no, miles. Just, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just, this struck me as funny. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. But today we're discussing uh, two songs, both recorded, if I remember correctly, in December of 1966. I don't technically re- oh. technically remember because I wasn't there in December of 1966. Um. But anyways, those two songs are For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield and Time mm-hmm. Has Come Today by the Chambers Brothers. And the reason I uh, I chose both these songs, it was my turn to pick the, the tracks this week, uh, is because they both um, are associated with uh, with like riots and protests from uh, from the, the late 60s. Charles, would you care to chime in and elaborate a little bit perhaps? Yeah, man. I mean, there was some nutty stuff going on in the 1960s. People were very mad about a bunch of stuff that was going down. You got LBJ in the White House and then Nixon, you know, like messing old tricky dick messing stuff up. And you got, uh, you know, uh, fighting in the streets. And and I'm sure um, I believe the Watts riots were going on around that time. So this was in like the late 60s. So I suppose like a little bit little post like. Well, actually, no, I'm getting my history mixed up. Obviously, okay, you got the civil rights movement going on. You got Vietnam going on. You have the, you know, the, the nation's still reeling from the Kennedy assassination. You have a bunch of just, like, bad stuff going down. Um, Unbelievable. The Beatles were, were about to break up, probably. What what year was this, 1967? Yeah. So Never mind them. They, I'm they sorry. Broke up a little later. But, yeah, <laughs> they broke I, up, um, like, four years later. When I go to bed at night, I get on my knees and and express my gratitude that I wasn't around in the late sixties. Like, like granted things are crazy right now, but I still feel like the the late sixties would have been the wackiest time to live in. I honestly, I think it's the same to me. It feels like it's probably the same. I don't know that for sure. It's it's tough to compare when you like you're in one and then 
Like I can see somebody having a completely different opinion from me being justified sure. in that. Um, it's just, it's just tough when you're in one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so so um, what uh, uh, it specifically made you want to talk about like these very like political uh, kinds of songs today? Yeah, like. well, let's see. I I like sort of came around to it in a in a weird sort of way. Uh, there was another song that I decided, ooh, I'd love to talk about this song. And probably providentially, I can't remember what that song is anymore because then maybe everyone else would want me to talk about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, okay, so what could we compare that song to? And then I thought of For What It's Worth. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I was thinking about For What It's Worth, I realized, oh, that's that's kind of a protest song. And so I should really get another protest song, which is how I came up with uh, time has come today. These are, uh, if I had like a, if I had to like make a list of the protest songs I can think of off the top of my head, these would be the the two, <laughs> the the two ones that would come to mind first. So, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna say like anyway. Continue. No, yeah, I don't no that was that was about it. Um, like if I if. Or if I had to make a list of the candy bars that come to my head immediately, Mars bars, Hershey's, <laughs> <laughs> Clark bar, Toblerone, <laughs> these are the candy bars. I'm, I'm I, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, you know, time has come today. I'd never heard before. I, I listened to it for the first time today. I listened to it a few times. I really, I really dug it. I'd never listened um, to. Uh, I'd never like intentionally listened to Time Has Come Today or even maybe heard it on mm-hmm. air. But I feel like any time like you watch like a documentary and they cover the sixties at all, like this is one of the songs sure. they associated with it. Um it'd be this Ooh, one. Makes sense. Uh like G- For what it's worth, honestly. Uh yeah. Haha. Uh-huh. Um All on the Watchtower. Yeah. Um Jimi Hendrix, um Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the end by the doors, I feel like it's in like a lot of like war movies. Absolutely. And stuff. Or maybe it's just in apocalypse now, something like that. A- anyway, it's like, yeah, for sure. Um, no, yeah, it, this is good is good stuff. I, I think, um, uh, you're probably a bigger Buffalo Springfield fan than I am. Um, what do you think about them? How did you get into them? Yeah. Initially? So I, 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 I'm ashamed to say I'm kind of as into Buffalo Springfield now as I was when I discovered them 10 years ago. I've never really gone beyond like their debut albums slash their greatest hits. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I'm I'm sort of like a Buffalo Springfield fan by extension. Like I, I love Neil Young. And because I love Neil Young, I love Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Uh, and and of course Buffalo Springfield, which I believe was Neil Young's first band. I could be wrong about that. His first band like hit it. He was right. in another band called like the Squires or something. Oh yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Canada, yeah, yeah. Canada, Canada doesn't count. Um, no offense to Canadian fans, that was just a joke. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming at with uh, with Buffalo Springfield. Um, one weird anecdote about for what it's worth is that. I don't think hardly anyone actually knows that that's the title of this song. Yeah. Although, like, one wonders, like, what you expect 
the title to, to be. I guess it's like, stop, hey, what's that sound? <laughs> like, or whatever, right. you know? I guess you would think it would be, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to feel about this song. I guess it's supposed to be political or whatever, or like a protest song. And in, 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 in interviews, I've definitely heard interviews where Stephen Stills has compared it to uh, Ohio, you know, which Neil Young wrote for Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And like, about like being similarly timely mm-hmm. although like for what it's worth obviously way less specific and therefore a lot lot more timeless right. so supposedly um, this song was was written or at least like inspired by some maybe smaller scale protests that were going uh down in la like outside their club mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. um but i think i think it's sort of a case of like a song being written and then being like adopted by a movement, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I, I feel like when it comes to the politics of the 1960s, it's difficult for me to get behind these like, you know, at least like white musicians from the time period, because it definitely seems very much like that generation, like talked a big game and then ultimately, like, didn't do anything, and then just became the problem by like the '80s. You know what I mean? Like, like they're all these just these kind of like wealthy, like yuppie types. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the narrative. You know, and so it's interesting to look back at like a Stephen Stills or what have you as this sort of like idealistic youth, or maybe not even an idealistic youth, but just like a sort of like politically activated young person, mm-hmm. and then kind of like. Which, I guess, to be fair, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, you know, they did do that tour in the early 2000s. That was, like, a big protest tour against the Iraq War and stuff. So they, mm-hmm. they have, like, continued to be active in, in, in those ways. Um, but it is, I, I don't know, I always feel a little bit of, like, like, a little bit of a tinge of, like, you don't know what you're talking about. And you didn't actually do anything about what was going on. Right. You know, well, the, uh, except like write a song about it, which has value, certainly. Right. But like, I don't know. I, not not. Um, I'm not saying this like justifies what happened or whatever. I, I don't really I don't really feel like I stand with anyone from the, the 1960s, except maybe civil rights people. But uh, um, what was I going to say? Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I so I'm kind of with you in that I, I kind of feel like if like like. <laughs> white yuppies like stood for something in that era it was just kind of like sex and drugs and fighting vietnam like those were like the things they cared about but mm-hmm. i i also know next to nothing about i just know it's like an incredibly turbulent time sure sure um that said great song you know <laughs> i love the i love neil young's guitar part it's really great um you know, did you know that Jim Messina from Loggins and Messina was in Buffalo Springfield? Really? I just learned that. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? That's real weird. That's real weird. Yeah. He was in Poco, too. But uh, anyway. There um, you go. Okay. So interesting. your comments about um, <laughs> about uh, Buffalo Springfield with regards to social movements um, makes me like particularly glad that I, I chose uh, the Chambers Brothers then. So like, what would you kind of say about them and... And, like, would you say that their song's maybe more timely or relevant? You know, uh, I listened to it, like, a few times today. And I, like, I kind of don't 
know what the lyrics were i suppose <laughs> like it didn't it didn't it didn't like hit me on that level uh just yet i suppose but i will say really really like that song i love that kind of like garagey like psychedelic kind of sound like that where it just like sounds like garbage and it's like 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 I, at least the the mix that i listened to is in that kind of crazy stereo that that older recordings sometimes get put into where like it's just like all drums and bass on in one earphone and then only guitar in the other earphone and right wild you know like (laughs) it sounds so like like nothing else gets mixed like that except when you record on like a four track tape machine and then you know convert to stereo for some reason um i really really loved the 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 track i i don't i don't know if i could necessarily speak to it's like cultural relevancy I suppose, um, outside of this, like maybe sort of general concept of like, you know, the time for action sort of coming, uh, to be, you know, I suppose that it seems to be generally about. And that's what I have to say about that. (laughs) I, uh, I decided to, to wait you out that time. I don't know. Um, Good. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I, as I mentioned, I never really listened to Time Has Come Today, like, actively. Uh, I'm not particularly familiar with the Chambers Brothers. They aren't, um, as big of a band as, as Buffalo Springfield. And as far as popularity today, Buffalo Springfield aren't even that big of a band. So we're, I think we're kind of talking about a a one-hit wonder here. Um, sure. But... At least for my part, I could say I don't think there's really any denying uh, the fact that this is like like a hugely I, I can't find my words. This song is is really like held up to sort of like represent the era it was recorded in. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It sounds very much of its time. You know what? Uh, movie this might be in this might be in forrest gump Mm, you could be right you could be right i don't know that movie particularly well either um it's not there's a list of movies it's in and it's not in forrest gump so that anecdote is out the window well what what movies is it in not really many that i'm familiar it's in the doors um Weird. Let me see. You what else? Stone film the doors. It's in Remember the Titans, uh, which oh, uh, funny. which we, <laughs> we discussed we were just off talking air. about that off mic. Yeah. 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 Um, I just saw that. That was a pretty good movie. Let's see. Uh, the Hebrew Hammer, Riding the Bullet, Edison Force, Nearing Grace, The Zodiac. Yeah, lots of things that uh, Kong, wow, Skull Island. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I think Zodiac. I think Mark Ruffalo's in that movie, and like Robert Downey Jr. I think that's the two of them. Uh, but is anyway. so is is it that? Let me let me just confirm because there's is it that movie? I think this is like a different movie. I don't. I think there's Zodiac, and then I think there's the Zodiac. Oh 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 oh! I see. Starring Justin Funny. Chambers, Robert Tooney. Rory Culkin, Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, I think it's a different movie. And oh, Man. this film, this film netted eighty six thousand dollars in the box office. Oh my, oh my goodness! 
<laughs> yeah, this that is a different. Seems film. very low. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, oh man. boy! If uh, if an if like an engineering professor makes more annually than a box office uh, nets. Mm. And I, I think that that's not very good. That's probably not great. That doesn't seem like very much for a movie. Although the budget was um, also, I mean, the budget was a million dollars, which obviously is a lot more than eighty-six thousand. So that's pretty. That's pretty terrible. Pr- pretty um, low budget. But yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, uh, it's also low budget to begin with. But it's pretty embarrassing that it. Uh, it didn't even gain ten yeah. percent of what they spent on it. So it's crazy how much money movies cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, it's absurd. That's an absurd amount of money. You know, a million dollars is so much money. It's crazy. Like, oh yeah, I you mean, know what I mean? People retire on a million dollars. A hundred percent. And like, it's it's wild that obviously I, I that's necessary, I suppose. And I'm not saying that movies shouldn't be made or something, but like, it just seems like it's just like, man, like, okay, so these. anyway, the budget for Avengers Endgame on that note was three hundred and fifty-six million dollars. Wow. Dude, think about that. Wow. They they spent three hundred and fifty six million dollars to make a two hour movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, well, I guess it's three a lot hours, of those, but a lot of those actors they probably had on contract already. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know, that's 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 it's a, insane. Yeah. That is a a princely ransom, Bro. a prince's ransom, as they say. But I mean, the return on it they made two point seven billion dollars. So, dang, but that's that's nuts. And imagine, so like. I don't know. This is a weird perspective. That's crazy. But imagine yeah. being like the director or the writer in that scenario and know that like you're responsible for a $356 million project. Yeah, like, I know. That's going to be crazy. Like obviously yeah. you're talented enough to at least get your investment back out. But theoretically, like if you chose or like made a royal, royal mess up, like, you would lose your company millions and millions of dollars. I know that's, that's crazy. Nuts. It seems like too much pressure. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I don't even know how you would, uh, but then again, I guess like at a certain point, you know, if you're an artist, you have to sort of be like, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to make the decisions that I am, uh, feel are the correct ones. And we're just going to go with it, you know, and, and I'm sure that's and I mean, the other thing, too, is you have to remember, like, you know, movies are a collaborative process, of course. I think we get this idea that, like, the director is like the end all be all of like making a film good or bad or whatever. But like there's so many people involved and mm-hmm. the director sort of at the head of all of that. Right. But, like, you know, I mean, right. it's it's definitely a collaboration between many, many creative. people. Oh, absolutely. And I only mentioned the director because I feel like he. Uh, among uh, he's one of like a handful of people who like single-handedly has the ability to completely tank a film you know what i mean that that that's true like if um if paul rudd had like turned in an all-time terrible performance that wouldn't necessarily have like completely tanked the film you know what i mean no yeah you you could probably fix that in the edit anyway you know so like um Uh, you know favorite that uh yeah, sorry. Favorite uh, rock and roll movies? Go. Uh, I mean, Spinal Tap's really great. I love Hard Day's Night. You know, the Beatles movie that's really good. Um, School of Rock was a big favorite of mine back in the day. I haven't seen it in forever. Um, yeah, I feel like those are very like uh, on the nose answers. But um, yeah, how about you? Oh yeah. Um. Oh- all the ones you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. 
Wayne's World for sure. Um, apparently, there's a right there's on. a sequel to Spinal Tap. Really? Apparently, um, but uh, it's like a lot less of a mockumentary thing, and like apparently, it's like it focuses a lot more on like a single concert, like it, like the the imaginary band Spinal Tap like mm-hmm. gained popularity because the music from the film was actually good. So like the sequel is like a lot more about the music apparently. Oh, weird. Interesting. Yeah. V strange. V strange fam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slay queen. Yeah. Slay queen. Now, how is that spelled? Is it spelled S L E I G H queen? That would yes. be awesome. <laughs> that would be so awesome. That, that's what I said. <laughs> I don't know about you. That's what I said. Um, okay, so yeah, those are two songs that we like. Um, they're representative of that era, if I haven't mentioned that uh, enough times yet. Um, it's definitely Buffalo Springfield's greatest hit. Uh, for sure, the Chambers Brothers' greatest hit. And uh, you should give them a listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe that's like... I mean, I'm not saying that music can't be political because, of course, it can. And any kind of art is political on some level. But, like, maybe that's part of the problem. That, like, you write this song that's just, like, about, you know, the social climate of the time. And then, like, once that time has passed or you're in a different time or whatever, like, it's not really relevant. There's not that much to say about it at a certain point, you know. It's, like, a good song. But Mm -hmm. it's not, like, it doesn't really, like, neither of these songs, like speak to me particularly like emotionally you know what i mean it's just like oh man like it must have been wild protesting in right. the 60s like these you know? songs make me think of protests in the 60s the way toilet paper makes me think of march 2020 yeah right on right on like toilet paper really oh, isn't relevant anymore you know that's true yeah yeah toilet paper it for what it's worth is the toilet paper of the 1960s okay so so uh cold take for the united well this i guess this is a hot take for the united states i think that it's gross that we use dry toilet paper and i think bidets are actually very sanitary no for and, sure and I wet mean, wipes we should be using i mean not yeah but the wet wipes don't go anywhere though they yeah just, that's like, clog true. up your drains that's, true. That, that's the that's terrible but like i it, wish that i I'm not every part of me wishes that weren't the case. Yeah, absolutely. Because dry toilet paper is is a nightmare. Yeah, that's that's the that's the part of it I don't get. Not that I've even I I've never used a wet wipe or a bidet, quite honestly. But like the part I don't get is that like like most of my American brethren are like, oh, wet wipes and bidets, those are so gross. I'm like, seriously, it's like the grossest part of your body, and you're wiping it with oh, something man. dry. Like, I know. How are you and it's yourself? just like, just like your anus is rubbed raw you know just bleeding spots of blood on the toilet paper okay 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 jesus i don't know (laughs) okay uh uh instagram nick martin mke (laughs) uh website nick martin mke.weebly.com you can find us on facebook and that will be uh two track audio take it away charles Yep, uh, I'm Charles. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Charles Einer Lute. Einer is spelled I-N-E-R. Lute is spelled L-U-T-E. I play historical plucked stringed instruments like the lute and broke guitar. If you want to check that out, look me up on 
uh, Instagram and so forth. There you go. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Follow us, rate us highly, share us with your friends. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we're only here because of our sponsors and our amazing fans. Yes, our our, our sponsor Squarespace, <laughs> uh, where you can uh, our, <laughs> need our a landing page or an online store. Uh, our our sponsor Rhombus Space. Rhombus Space, yes, a rectangle space. Um, uh, yeah, and Bombus Socks, as, as we all. Yeah, so uh, peace out, fam, uh, and slay queen. Uh, Going to cease recording in three, two, one. Bye.